Good morning. You are listening to Radio Maria live from our London studio. And I have with me Daisy Vanderput, who works for the Caritas Social Action Network um, and works in sort of policy and public affairs. I'm very excited to have her with us today to talk about um, what they do and a bit about Catholic social teaching. So hello, Daisy. Hi, good to be here. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll hand over to you to, to start talking to our listeners about what you do. Great. Um, yeah, as um, as mentioned, my name's Daisy. Uh, it's great to um, share some of the work that Caritas Social Action Network does today. Um, just really hoping today to share just a tiny bit about what we do, but also um, to talk about our vision for what advocacy is um, here in England and Wales and what does it mean for us as Catholics to um, work towards a more just society Mm -hmm. We live in um, yeah, a world at the moment where uh, social injustice is something that is very much the forefront of a lot of people's um, thoughts and, and lives. Um, we see on the news all the time protesters and um, mm -hmm. social movements towards, towards change. Um, but what I'm really interested in and what we're interested in at CSAN is what does that mean for us as Catholics and how do we kind of, um, where do we situate, situate ourselves in that um, yeah. wider social movement? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I work for CSAN. Um, we are a member of the larger international Caritas community. So we're a member of Caritas Europa and um Caritas Internationale and oh, oh, can't get the word out <laughs> Internationalis. Um, we have 54 um, members here in England and Wales um, of different Catholic charities. We have two ecumenical partners as well. Um, and these partners um, are range over a huge different um, expanse of um, social action in the church. Um, so we have some of our members who are looking at uh, supporting migrants and refugees. We have um, loads of charities looking at um, supporting children and families in poverty. Um, we have people looking at criminal justice, mm -hmm. um, supported housing, crime, health, um, so many, so many different charities. And yeah, you can have a look at those on our website. Um, it's just a really interesting it's just really interesting to see how many different catholic organizations there are we also have our diocesan caritas structures so um each diocese i think most dioceses in the uk um have a caritas um structure um and within that they do loads of different social action work within mm -hmm. the diocese which is really exciting as well so our role as the national team, we convene all of these different members um, at different um, alliance meetings. So we have an advocacy alliance, we have um, a criminal justice alliance, we have um, a migration alliance, we have all these different um, meetings and uh, gatherings where we're talking about how we can animate our work together as a Catholic community. Um, and the other aspect of our convening is to help with the formation of these charities as well. Um, we situate ourselves in, yeah, in a formation role as well, helping 
some of these members to really root their work more in Catholic social teaching mm -hmm. um, to give them help with their comms work and um, yeah and and just provide community as well um, something that we take very seriously at Caritas. Um, just for a bit more context for what the purpose of Caritas is, um, I really like this quote from Pope John Paul II, um, and he said that national Caritas agencies, so our CSAN community here in England and Wales, he said, we have an important role in over 100 countries to animate and coordinate charitable action in close liaison with Episcopal conferences. Um, according to the beautiful name you bear, which is the key word of the gospel, you are ordained to charity. Your whole enterprise is to live by charity, to bear witness to it and to put it into practice concretely and with others. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really like that. It's beautiful. Kind of, yeah, memorandum that he gave us to, to our work. Um, so as well as our convening aspect that we have at CSAM, we also um, have an advocacy and public affairs aspect to our work as well. Um, and that's my role there at CSAN. And yeah, so I just want to dive into that more today. Um, as we've, over the last six months since I've joined, we've been kind of building up again mm -hmm. our vision for what advocacy is and what we want to do over the next um, over the next year and a few years. Um, but I wanted to start with some of our fundamental beliefs about what advocacy is. And um, in the second part of uh, today, I just wanted to talk about what does that look like specifically for us at CSAN. Wonderful. Yeah. So the first point is that we believe that advocacy begins with the renewal of our own heart and mind. Um, I think this is something that really does set us apart from um, other activist movements. And in the church, we wouldn't say that we're activists. We, we go away from that leaning and we'd say that we're advocates and we have compassion over activism. Um, one of my favourite books, uh, which is a bit nerdy, <laughs> as <laughs> someone who loves Catholic social teaching, uh, it's called The Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church. And it basically is um, a book that outlines all of the social teaching that we've had so far and it draws on all the teachings of the different um popes that we've had and um encyclical letters um addresses all of, all of these things um but in the beginning of this book it it really draws out this um importance for our own renewal first before the before we do advocacy so i just wanted to read this quote from um paragraph 42 of the compendium. So it says, the inner transformation of the human person in his being progressively conformed to Christ is the necessary prerequisite for a real transformation of his relationship with others. It is necessary then to appeal to the spiritual and moral capacities of the human person and to the permanent need for his inner conversion so as to obtain social changes that will really serve him. The acknowledged priority of the conversion of heart in no way eliminates 
but on the contrary, imposes the obligation of bringing the appropriate remedies to institutions and living conditions when they are inducement to sin, so that they conform to the norms of justice and advance the good rather than hinder it. Um, there's a lot of words in that, in that <laughs> quote, but um, I just wanted to unpick it a little bit. So what really it's saying here is that before we can go and do social justice, social action and try and, try and reform structures that we see to be unjust, it has to start with our heart first. It has to start with um, this step towards Christ so that he can transform us. And through that transformation, we can see the changes that around us that need to happen um, so that others and ourselves can flourish. Um, and I think this is what sets our advocacy apart as Catholics from other um, activist movements or social justice movements that we see around us at the moment, um, is that we recognise our own need for transformation first and foremost, and that we recognise that we are um, that we are wounded and we need healing and that we need Christ to come and save us first and foremost. And it also allows us here to recognize that it's not um, the separation of the poor and us. Uh, mm -hmm. Rather, we are the poor ourselves and we're amongst the poor and we are all working to serve one another. And it's rooted in our relationship um, and understanding of how we are in relationship to God. Um, that we're not the saviors, we're not the people that are uh, going to fix everything, but rather um, we're sinners in need of in need of mercy um, and of healing, um, and that's a that's a universal yeah. Um, yeah a universal understanding of who we are. Um, and yeah, so a fruit of this, a fruit of understanding this, of of being progressively conformed to Christ. Um, is seeing things around us that don't allow us to live in that fullness. Um, we have structures all across the world that um, in the context of England and Wales, we have laws, we have structures, we have policies that are not rooted in first and foremost, understanding that we, um, we have human dignity and we, as, as humans, we need that protection. We need that um, priori priority of knowing that mm -hmm. we have dignity and that we have um, rights that come from that dignity. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's um, knowing that we need that transformation um, allows us to see those things more clearly and helps us to fight them from from the root cause there. Um, and I think the incredible and challenging thing about Catholic social teaching is that it doesn't ever give us a clear answer to policies. It never says yeah. to us, here is a list of policies that your country needs to to adopt. Um, <laughs> Vote for this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be great if it did because uh, it would just be there laid out for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it never gives us a clear answer to policies, but it leaves us a lot of room um, to discern what we should be doing um, and how we could shape our structures. It even says as well in this compendium that uh, it will look different in each different culture and country. Um, 
what Catholic social teaching is saying, it's not saying that every country needs to have the same policies and the same um, same politics necessarily, mm -hmm. uh, but it's saying that um, these are the principles that we found, find our policies on, and this is how we need to implement them, uh, being principled first rather than looking at political parties or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... The second aspect, um, second point that is our what we believe about advocacy is that we understand that for cultural change to happen, all people must know that we have a responsibility for each other. Um, yeah. I'm just going to read this, this just a little part of the next paragraph um, after this inner transformation of ourselves. Um, so it's paragraph forty-three says it is not possible to love, love one's neighbour as oneself and to persevere in this conduct without the firm and constant determination to work for the good of all people and of each person because we are all really responsible for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just continue there as well. According to the council's teaching, they also have a claim on our respect and charity that think and act differently from us in social and political and religious matters. In fact, the more deeply we come to understand their ways of thinking through kindness and love, the more easily we'll be able to enter the dialogue with them. This path requires grace, which God offers to man in order to help him to overcome failings, to snatch him from the spiral of lies and violence, to sustain him and prompt him to restore with an ever new and ready spirit, the network of authentic and honest relationships with his fellow men. Um, I think some of the temptation we have sometimes is to think oh this is just in the news it's in politics i don't have responsibility for any of these mm -hmm. these things that need to change in this country or in the world uh there's things that i know aren't right or just but i'm not in politics i'm not in government i don't work in a political role or or a even in a catholic setting i, I don't work in any of these things so it's not it's not really my responsibility to do anything about it. Um, and we would challenge that. Um, and I think this compendium also, <laughs> the social teaching challenges that as well. All people um, have responsibility for each other. Mm -hmm. um, we need artists, we need lawyers, we need bankers, um, we need um, people working in hospitals, in the police, um, in all levels of society, we need them working towards the common good. We need them to have an understanding that we belong to one another and we have a responsibility for one another as well. Mm -hmm. It reminds um, me, I, I believe in France, you're legally responsible for if you pass someone on the road who's oh, cool. um, like been in an accident and you're legally responsible for looking after your parents and it it does strike me as a very different kind of way of doing things how these sort of structures and personal responsibility interact yeah. that you can legislate for something like that yeah totally i i really like that mm -hmm. um sorry go on because i think <laughs> yeah i think that creates a culture of of that being at the heart isn't it of responsibility for one another mm -hmm. um because i think here in england and wales one of the the problems that we have is this deep individualistic individualism all of this is like seeping through into everything that we do mm -hmm. we think oh it's just my life my choice 
other people's problems aren't my own. Um, and we have to be really careful that we don't let that cultural narrative um, seep into into our hearts as Catholics. Um, and I think it's really easy to because we're surrounded by it all of the time. But we have such a, a completely different way of looking at the world. And um, it just makes me think of the scripture verse of mm -hmm. um, be renewed, uh, be changed by the renewal of your mind. Um, and that is exactly it. Like we have this this other way of looking at the world, which is responsibility and care for for our neighbour. And that's actually really. It sounds. It might sound a bit fluffy. It might sound um, like it doesn't really have any weight to it. I think we might overhear these things, but it's actually really deeply countercultural at the moment to to believe that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think this is also this thinking is also really drawn out by Pope Francis in Fratelli Tutti, and I think this is actually a really fundamental piece of um, or fundamental teaching that he gives us that helps us to shape that thinking as well, um, and it's really important for us in today's society to yeah to really inhibit that and and to let it overflow into everything that we do. So um, for those that have not um, read or heard of Fratelli Tutti, um, it was written by Pope Francis uh, throughout the pandemic. And he it's about fraternity and social friendship. And he says that these are the things that are gonna build a better and more just and peaceful world. Um, with the contribution of all people, people and institutions. Um, and he really calls against this, um, this need to step away from this globalized indifference to the problems that we see around us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just want to, just as we're, we're going, I'll, I'll pull out a couple, couple bits from Fratelli Tutti and um, I think we'll break after that. Mm -hmm. We can go to a music break, yeah. Great. So yeah, Fratelli Tutti, um, amazing, amazing writing from Pope Francis. Um, there's two chapters that I, I wanted to, to pull on. Um, the first one was chapter two, and he talks about strangers on the road. Um, and he's talking about the Good Samaritan. Um, he emphasizes in this chapter that uh, in an unhealthy society, um, it turns its back on suffering um, and that it is illiterate to caring for the frail and vulnerable. And he says that we're called, just like the Good Samaritan, to become neighbors to others, overcoming prejudices, personal interests, um, historical and cultural barriers to one another. And we are or in fact co-responsible in creating a society that is able to include, integrate and lift up those who have fallen or are suffering. Um, he says that love builds bridges and we're made for love. And he adds, particularly exhorting Christians to recognize Christ in the face of every excluded person. Um, and he's saying this is kind of the foundation, um, the foundation for building a more just society. And, he 
wrote this in in the wake of covid when we were isolated from one another and when big differences were starting to pull us apart mm-hmm. um and just fast forward a few more chapters he talks about a vision for better politics and this is also something that i think is really interesting in this space of advocacy that we're doing um so yeah the theme of the fifth chapter is a better kind of politics and it represents one of the most valuable forms of charity because it's placed at the service of the common good and recognizes the importance of people understood as an open category available for discussion and dialogue um wonderful yeah uh he also says that better politics is one that protects work as an essential dimension of social life and the best strategy yeah best strategy against poverty um does not simply aim to contain or rem- render um indignance inf- inoffensive but to promote them in the perspective of solidarity and subsidiarity um he says that the task of politics is to find a solution to all that attacks fundamental human rights such as social exclusion the marketing of organs tissues weapons and drugs sexual exploitation slave labor terrorism organized crime pope really wants to make um an appeal to definitively eliminate human trafficking as well um a source of shame for humanity and hunger which is criminal um yeah i think this is something that's really coming through in his work at the moment human trafficking and something that we're particularly concerned about at CSAN as well through our uh, migration alliance and also through some of our member charities as well and also in light of the illegal migration act just mm-hmm. looking at this protection for those who have been trafficked um we have apparently more slaves uh now in the world than we did when slavery was legal which is oh. really really interesting um so yeah how do we how do we tackle these things how do we look at um a better kind of politics that that seeks to eradicate that and not just push it away as an issue that we don't want to think about hmm. wonderful well i'm sure we'll get back into that after the music break Um, but if you've just tuned in I've been talking to Daisy Vanderput about um, uh, the work of Caritas Social Action Network and Catholic Social Teaching so do join us after the music break this is just a closer walk with the by the hillbilly Thomists
was Just a Closer Walk With Thee by the Hillbilly Thomists. And this is Just Life. And I'm talking to Daisy Vanderput about um, Caritas Social Action Network and Catholic social teaching. And she's been talking to us about sort of more broadly Catholic social teaching, the principles laid out by Pope Francis and Fratelli Tutti. Um, and now I'll hand over to Daisy to tell you a bit more about specifically Caritas Social Action Network. Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, over the last six months, as I mentioned, we have been thinking about how do we bring these uh, these principles into um, the work that we do at CSAN? Um, how does that allow us to shape everything that we do? Um, and I think one of our, our big hopes at the moment is um, to really empower the Catholic community in England and Wales to be people that um feel uh feel able to do advocacy and to tackle really big injustices that we see around us mm -hmm. um i think something that we're also really concerned about is um or that we care about should i say we we want people to think also on a local level as well and i think this is something that's really coming out of the synod work that has been happening in parishes. Um, but we want people to be listening to one another that in their in their circle of influence around them. Who who is in your parish? Who are you sat next to? Who are the people that you're seeing day to day? Um, what are the things that you're seeing and hearing from them that they're struggling with, that they need um an ally and an advocate alongside them to help them with. Um so yeah, we want people to feel empowered in their local level as well to do advocacy as well with um, in their local parish, or mm -hmm. but also in with local government with their council, um, and then moving into uh, if if it's necessary to go to national policies as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the, um, the principle of subsidiarity, isn't it? That exactly. Yeah, we things happen at the most local level possible. Hundred percent. Yeah, we we want people to. To really own that as well and to know that we don't have to um we don't always have to be fighting uh for national policies uh it's really yeah it's exactly that we really want people to be in their local communities seeing the needs because they differ from town to town even in mm -hmm. in the uk so yeah 100 percent um, so yeah, in the in the new year, we're going to be launching um, a new workroom called Do Justice, um, and this has been written by the Cortex has been written by um, our CEO Raymond, um, and essentially it's a vision for civic and um, spiritual renewal in England and Wales, um, and as it, as what comes from that that document be a series of worksheets and um workshops as well helping people to really own this this notion of renewal in our country mm -hmm. and as i was talking about earlier um again first and foremost starting that renewal of, of our own hearts first um allowing christ to come into us and to change us and to also um, break our heart for for what breaks his heart in in this country. Um, and one one part of this will be an advocacy handbook that we're creating. Um, so we're going to hope 
we're hoping that this will unpick and explore more what I spoke about in the first part uh, today and give people practical tools for advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can feel that it's uh, maybe a bit inaccessible or um, Catholic social teaching. Um, what does that mean for us here, here and now in, in 2023 in England and Wales? We really want to own that at CSAN. Um, and help people to to own that as well. So, yeah, uh, just talk about some of the advocacy priorities that we have for the coming year. So, one of the things that we're hoping to to look at, or we are, we have started looking at, is our responses to the cost of living crisis. Um, obviously, this is something that's impacting so many people in this country at this time, um, and one thing that we're really uh, looking at is child poverty and the impacts that that has on on children throughout the rest of their life. We know that child poverty mm. can really, um, yeah, really have very detrimental impacts um, on their development, and it can have um, huge impacts on their, their educational outcomes. Um, we see those in the criminal justice system who've a large majority of them have experienced poverty in their life or grown up in a household of poverty um and as well uh, we see that it has really big impacts on relationships and um yeah just impacts flourishing at so many different yeah. levels um, so something that we're, we're concerned about is looking at how we can address child poverty and something that we've done recently is looking at um, how by removing the two child benefit cap that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, just to give that more context, at the moment in this country, um, if you have more than two children, you don't get any more child benefit for them, um, which is quite contrary to a lot of our European counterparts. Um, and actually, by removing that that cap, we could take a lot more children out of poverty, which is was is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did that with the Catholic Union. We've been writing to uh, the minister ahead of the autumn statement that we've got coming up, um, and we're going to be doing some more work on that as well. Um, but on the wider context of poverty as well and the cost of living crisis, we really want to be looking at the structures and. Uh, that are in place in this country that uh, that make our economics more focused on uh, profit and gain rather than human flourishing, human dignity. Mm -hmm. um, something that I noticed actually the other day when I was listening to the King's speech, uh, one of the first things that was said was, uh, let me just find it, uh, Sorry, I'm just having a look. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, he says that um, the first, like the king said that firstly, like we really want economic growth for this country, um, for profits, and and it, it just it didn't sit right with me because it was like we want to get we want to get more money for this country, great, but why? What is yeah. the what's the root cause of that? What why why do we want more money? Um, obviously we need to tackle poverty, we need to tackle all these things, but 
we want people to flourish first firstly um mm -hmm. we want economic structures that uphold the dignity of human of the human person um so anyway i'm just going on a bit of rant but <laughs> um no, it's really interesting yeah yeah that that's just uh one of the aspects where we want to kind of look at what are the deep-rooted kind of economic structures that we have in this country that that don't um permit flourishing and don't don't allow um people to be free and to uh to, yeah to, to be the fully alive that mm -hmm. the calling that god wants for them on their life um so that's our cost of living work and um, we're also going to be looking at as i mentioned earlier human trafficking and modern day slavery and um, we have amazing charities in our in our network who are working firsthand with victims of human trafficking we have madai we've got um i would really yeah recommend looking up some of these these charities mm -hmm. um madai who have safe houses for for women and children who um have been trafficked or victims of modern day slavery um we also have um bikita house and uh women at the well all these uh and there's i think uh s jog as well there's a really amazing number of charities yeah. who are working with these with these people and we at CSUN want to be looking at how can we better how can we not only be addressing the issue of human trafficking um, and modern day slavery in this country but how do we look after these people as well mm -hmm. because we have structures in place at the moment where a lot of these people are waiting in limbo for two three years before they're given any any sort of support or um uh yeah uh clarity on on what their situation is going to be long term um so they're kind of in this waiting process um our amazing charities are, are doing work to kind of fill that gap at the moment um but there's a lot of structures in our government and um in our national policies that don't give them space uh or don't don't put their suffering at the heart of the agenda mm -hmm um and finally something that we're looking at is we'll be looking at is elderly and social care and we're quite concerned at, at the moment of the state of social care in this country again um we, we're struggling to to get carers we've got a crisis of care we've got um we've got really bad conditions in a lot of ways for our elderly um and we care about human dignity from um from conception to natural mm -hmm. death and if we are not upholding the dignity of um older people in our society um we can see that it's leading to spirals of um people advocating for assisted dying and euthanasia yeah, it's really scary it is really scary um so how do we how do we reform and how do we um support our social care services for the elderly to create a culture of life um and celebrating that until until the very end mm -hmm. um yeah so really excited to to dive into some of that work as well um which will be later next year um so yeah this those Wonderful. are some of the things that we'll be doing and um we 
we're really hoping to partner with quite a few parishes, um, especially in this do justice work, which definitely recommend keeping your eyes open for. Yeah. Um, we want to be working alongside parishes on this local level to to accompany them and to walk with them in in identifying the issues that they see around them and being advocates for change. Um, so awesome. yeah, we're really excited about that, and I think um, yeah, we're we're stepping into a new sort of season at CSAN to to start empowering people in in our church to do these things. Awesome. So yeah, well, some thank of, you. Some of the work we're doing. Um, it's time for our second music break. This is Still Rolling Stones by Lauren Daigle. I thought that I was too far gone For everything I've done wrong Yeah, I'm the one who dug this grave But you called my name You called my name Thought that I was too far gone For everything I've done wrong Yeah, I'm the one who dug this grave But you called my name You called my name Still Rolling Stones by Lauren Daigle and this is Just Life live on Radio Maria and I've been talking to Daisy Vanderput on her work for Caritas Social Action Network and um, Catholic social teaching more generally. Um, but I first came across you uh, giving a talk about friendship which was a really fascinating and wonderful talk and I kind of, I wonder if you have any thoughts about like the role of of just friendship simple ordinary friendship in like social justice yeah totally uh yeah i'm really passionate about this actually um i so um the talk that uh that you heard uh was kind of born out of um me witnessing um in previous employment uh, mm -hmm. someone doing this really amazingly um and I think that the the community and friendship is so important for for doing any of this work. And it was um, actually something I had in my notes earlier that mm -hmm. I uh, didn't even touch on. But 
Yeah, um, essentially, for these social and cultural movements to happen, we need communities and friends around us to to do this alongside. Um, back a long time ago now, I was a missionary for a organization called NET, uh, National Evangelization yeah. Teams in the US. And um, something they said to me there, uh, which has always stuck with me, is that the fruit um, the fruit of your love for each other as a community and as a team um, will be seen in your in your ministry. And it's not the other way around. It's not if you're successful at your ministry, yeah. if you're successful in what you're doing, uh, then you'll have an amazing relationship with one another. It's, it doesn't work that way around. Um, and I really think that's true now as well in the context of advocacy, but also in um, in political spheres as well and, and wanting cultural deep cultural change to happen. Um, and there's a story that I'm really inspired by is of um, William Wilberforce um, and his um, quest for the abolition of slavery. Um, and he was part of a community called the Clapham sect. And, and these, yeah. this group of people were um, journeying together. They lived together. They looked after each other's children. They prayed together every day. And it was the fruit of their collective efforts. It was the fruit of their um, sacrificial friendship and love for each other that um, I think eventually got them got them this abolition of mm -hmm. slavery, um, which is incredible. And I just see no reason why that can't happen today. Um, I think something that I've noticed actually, um, I think in a lot of our parishes here, in England and Wales, especially, we, we, a lot of us turn up to church. We go to mass and then we leave, and we probably don't know most of the people in the pews around us. Um, and there's definitely exceptions to that. I, yeah, I've been to amazing churches mm -hmm. um, where where that's not the case. But I think on the most part, we don't have that deep community with each other. And I think this is something that we're really wanting to do to like call out as well as CSAN is be in that community with each other, live, live, um, live life like deeply with the people around you faithfully um, support each other in prayer. And um, in that, in that personal conversion to Christ and the fruit of the fruit of that friendship will, will come out maybe in social action and, and seeing the people around you. Um, I think it's it's scary. It's not comfortable. Um, it's easy to have people at an arm's length and to have friends that are surface level. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Christ, well, we, I know Christ <laughs> calls mm -hmm. us to have these deeper friendships um, that are really impactful. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that's my thoughts on it. I don't know if Wonderful. that. Yeah, that no, no, that, that's, question, but... <laughs> I think that's yeah, really beautiful. Um, I hadn't really thought about that about William Wilberforce. I sort of had a vague idea that he had the part of this circle, um, but yeah, that's a really beautiful story. Um, I have another question. I think this has just been on my mind a lot um, recently because of the Israel-Palestine protests and conflicts, and I find myself kind of in the middle, not really knowing. Feeling like you know, it, I I I do I care obviously that people are dying, but like I don't know what side to take, and everyone seems to be taking a side very firmly, yeah. and I just feel like totally unequipped to to take any kind of side. Um, mm. 
And I feel like that's that might be a lot of people's response to various kind of social problems is just mm. um, feeling like you just completely unequipped to to know what the solution is to take a side. What would be your kind of advice to someone in that sort of state of paralysis, I guess, because you feel like, oh, well, I'm not really doing anything to help, but I don't yeah. want to do the wrong thing. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, well, firstly, I just want to share that sort of feeling as well. <laughs> um, I think I do. It, it does feel crippling. It does feel paralyzing because it feels so massive and it feels so big. Um, and yeah, just I think my tendency as well in, in that is to be like, oh, I'll never know enough of the facts yeah. to really to really be able to make a statement or a judgment on this. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I just want to I just want to call that out first <laughs> before I answer the question. But I think that. Um, where do we sit in this? I think we firstly sit at the feet of Christ and we have to be people who pray. Mm -hmm. We have to be people that also aren't afraid to pray for solutions as well. Um, we we have, as, a, as I was saying earlier, we have responsibility to one another. And it might not be that I'm prime minister having negotiations yeah. with another prime minister, but what there'll be something that if, if this is on your heart, um, this, there will be something that the Lord is saying to you to to move and to act and do in this, um, and it might be just to that He's calling you to be a faithful prayer warrior on this mm -hmm. uh, for this <laughs> cause, um, but it also might be that He's calling you to um, to support a certain organisation or um, to do more research on something. Um, I don't think our action always has to be this sort of political action. Um, and I think prayer mm. is always going to be the most important thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that um, if that's a satisfying answer, but I think yeah. our call is to sit at the foot of the cross um, and to suffer with suffer with Christ what is happening and um, and allow him to speak into into what we're doing. And I, um, something that I've been really inspired by this last week um, is to really sit in scripture as well with, with this. Um, we have so many stories in, in the Old and New Testament that speak so clearly into what's happening and, and have so many parallels. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, we, we have a... Um, there's something to be said in just dwelling in the scripture and allowing allowing God to speak through that as well. Um, mm. And I think doing that in the context of community as well is, is a really important thing to do. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, that's what I would say to anybody who's feeling paralyzed or afraid by everything that's happening. And um, fundamentally to have hope that Jesus is king and... Um, he, he has the final word his he has the final word in in these situations so um mm -hmm. yeah to ask for him to come and to heal us and um to give give his mercy as well yeah i guess i can imagine one response might be like 
with this whole principle of subsidiarity doing things at the most local level you'll probably be know more about your local community that you're better able to make a judgment but then this kind of brings me to another sort of conflict i guess is like on the one hand we should be focusing on our local community and the people we know and we might have a better sense of what to do in our local communities but someone has to be advocating for the sort of national big structural sure, change yeah. as well so like how do we navigate that those two um, that tension yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um really good point <laughs> um i think i definitely i'm stuck in between that tension at the moment um but i think we start with our local if if we're not hearing the voices of people around us um uh, mm-hmm. we're never going to really be able to do the pol- the national policy stuff well um so when we get to a point of looking at what we can do on in our locality if if that's not enough of course to advocate on a national level as well and i'm hoping that our advocacy handbook will really support people in feeling empowered to do that because it's Mm -hmm. not it is something that everybody can do it is something that we all have access to um but it feels distant it feels something a bit far removed um so how can we use our gifts to advocate on a on a national scale we can be in communication and and building friendship and relationship with um our member of parliament mm-hmm. building an actual uh, building an actual relationship with them is is something that's i think really important to do um other things that we can do are um media campaigns we can be writing uh, if you have a gift of writing like how can you use your gift of writing to to get to get the message out to make the problem clear to people mm-hmm. um, we can also be um something that i've seen other catholic organizations do is letter signing campaigns um drawing on stories from people that have, are suffering injustices um but when we do those national policy or those national advocacy efforts we want to keep are the people around us at the heart of it. And I think that's how we we manage that tension. Mm -hmm. Uh, We keep the voices of those um, on the local level at the heart of what we're doing. Um, So yeah, that's that's what I would say to that, I think. Wonderful, I think that's a really good note to to end on. Um, But thank you so much, Daisy, for coming on Just Life. Um, This has been Just Life Live on Radio Maria with Daisy Vanderput talking about Caritas Social Action Network. Thank you, Daisy. No worries. Thank you for having me.